being hastened by the king's commandment, and the decree was given in Shushan, in the place, and the king of Haman sat down to drink. But the city of Shushan was perplexed. They're defeated. They're done. They sign the decree. They give them the ring. It's over, Jews. Mm-hmm. It's you're done. It's a death sentence. But let me tell you about my Jesus. Good day to everyone. We want to welcome you. We are excited that you have uh, tuned in with us and uh, just want to do a brief, you know, welcome to you and uh, just kind of set the tone here, set the set the stage. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Uh, we're here at the church with Tanner and, and David again, um, just kind of hanging out, studying the Bible uh, together. And uh, I think we have something really interesting today. And you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, if you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles, I won't uh, get too much into it. We'll, we'll let David kind of lead us down this path here. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and, and turn our Bibles to the book of Esther uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, and, you know, we, we briefly discussed, fellas, right before we, we turned the microphone on, uh, David, kind of what you were thinking. And, you know, I, I think as you were talking to me, it really all comes back to the provision of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's uh, I think that would be an appropriate. I'm not saying it's the the most appropriate term, but I think it is a appropriate term um, for this lesson. Uh, yeah. In in that God is in control. Yeah, it's a beautiful story of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I say it all the time with wisdom uh, and with love. God cares for and directs all things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we know that. David, you're going to le- kind of lead us down um, that path. Um, and, and so, David, I'll turn it over to you, and okay. uh, we'll just we'll just go through it, and we'll see how far we go. We'll talk about yep. whatever. And so, uh, yeah, good that Tanner's here with us too, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to basically just what I've been studying, um, and Esther, and we're going to read chapters one and two, and we know we don't read that much in. You know, a big text like that. But I think it's important to study the Word in a way. Um, and like Johnny said, the provision of God. Or um, I guess you could see in this story the presence of the Lord in Esther's life, in Mordecai's life. And it's revealed from a distance. Like we can watch, And we're reading it in a book. We're reading it in the Bible. And just how God worked in their life. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So really, He's working in your life and my life and how God ultimately is in control. And it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful picture. Um, we're going to read 1 and 2. And I'm just going to pray real quick and yeah. make sure my heart's in tune with Him. And let's see where the Lord leads. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to come to you this afternoon. Oh, man, what a beautiful day, God. And your presence, man, and just the colors and the changing of season. You know, you tell us by your creation, there people will know there's a God. Um, just by your presence and, and the changing of seasons and, and just the weather. Uh, Lord, what a beautiful day today. God, uh, thank you for it. 
Uh, God, I come before you today just to cleanse my heart, make sure my heart is pure and in tune with you, Lord. And ultimately, we're going to study Esther tonight, but Lord, whatever you want to get across into this podcast uh, to help me or Johnny or Tanner uh, to grow closer to you is what the goal is. God, to get uh, our pride aside and and not to th- and not about my opinion, Lord, and what you want us to know in this story of Esther. You've got it in the Bible, um, Lord, and we're going to study it. God, I pray you just bring it alive to us and let us see us for what you want us to see uh, in your name. Amen. Amen. The book of Esther, chapter 1, verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days of Asorius. What do you, is that good enough? I like it. I'll go with it. <laughs> Hosserus. Yeah, Hosserus. Rhinoceros. Yeah. yeah, we'll call him Hosserus. And it came to pass in the days of Hosserus, that is, in those days when the king of Hosserus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan the palace. In the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all the, his princes and his servants. The power of Persia and in Media, the nobles and princes of, of, pro, the, of the provinces being before him. When he sh- showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even in a hundred and fourscore days. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were in present of the Shushan palace, both unto the great and the small. Seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace were white, green, and blue hangings fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rings and pillars of marble. The beds were of gold and silver upon a pavement of red and blue and white and black and marble. And they gave them drink and vessels of gold, the vessels being diverse one from another, and royal wine in abundance according to the state of the king. And the drink was according to the law. None did compel, for so the king had appointed to all the officers his, his house, that they should do accordingly to every man's pleasure. Also Vashti, the queen, made a feast for the woman. And this is a big, this is a big thing, so catch this. And the queen, Vashti, the queen, made a feast for the women in the royal house, which belonged to Asorius. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehum, Bistha, Harbana, Bigtha, and Abitha, and Zareth, and Carcass, and the seven, chamber- seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Asorius the king, to bring Vashanti the queen before the king with the crown royal to show the people and the princess her beauty, for she was fair to look, look upon. So, you know, he was proud of, of the queen. He brought her in. He, he brought her in in front of all these, uh, I guess you could say, um, commanders, um, mm-hmm. government officials maybe. I don't know. Just You know, I, this is kind of, as a look back uh, at what we've already read, I think it's important. This has been going on for 180 days. Hmm. 180 days, right? And then it says after 180 days, there was... Um, seven days, a feast that lasted for seven days. So this is like, you know, verse 10 on the seventh day. So this is the last day, you know, it's like of the feast uh, of the feast. It's like, this is, this is it. 
right here. This is what we've been building towards. The grand finale. This is a grand finale, yeah. Um, <coughs> and, then, and then we have this. Yep. And we'll keep reading in verse 11. To bring Vashti the queen before the king with a crown royal to show the people and the princess her beauty. For she was fair to look upon. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment. By his chamberlains, therefore, was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Then the king said to the wise man which knew the times, For so was the king's manner toward all that knew law and judgment. And the next unto him was Kershina, Shether, Admatha, Tarshish, Mercer, Mersina, and all these other names you can imagine. The princes of Persia and Media, which saw the king's face. And which sat the first, which sat the first in the kingdom. We shall, what shall we do unto the queen, Vashti, according to the law? Because she hath not performed the commandment of the king Asorius by the chamberlain. So, first foremost, Vashti was asked to come in front of all the guests, and he was going to show off her beauty, mm-hmm. and she responded, "No." She responded, "I'm not," you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, the king went out and. He was upset. He was embarrassed. Yeah. He said, how are we going to punish her? So this is the part of the story we're going to keep reading. Yeah, you know, uh, my Bible says the king was enraged. Oh, yeah. Mad. Mad, right? Furious. And then he turns to the wise men, again, is what my Bible reads here. Uh, so he's turning to, I read that as, you know, uh, the people who are well-informed, the people, the, the, the smartest people uh, who know the law, who know, who knows here's what should happen because Queen Vashti did this. Disobeyed. Disobeyed the king. Um, and so that's kind of, uh, I think that's important to understand that mm-hmm. at this grand finale, she doesn't obey and now we have this tension we have this conflict we have this right head to head they're trying to figure out what's the right punishment Mm -hmm. you know we just the whole everybody's here feasting we've had rebellion come upon us within a woman and back in those days that did not happen you know with you know they were very uh, sure submissive i guess you could say um in that time of you know of leadership you know Mm -hmm. they didn't have much to talk they couldn't talk and when they were told to do something they did something period at the end of the day that was how it was um so we're moving on in the story verse 15 i'm going to read that part again what shall we do unto the queen vasti according to the law because she hath not performed the commandment of the king of Sorius by the chamberlains and Mimikin answered before the king and the princess, Vashti, the queen, hath not done wrong to the king, only but also to all the princes and to all the people that are in all the provinces of King Hasorius. For this deed of the queen shall come abroad unto all women, so that they shall despise their husbands and their eyes when it shall be reported the king Hasorius commanded Vashti, the queen, to be brought in before him, but she, she came not. Likewise shall the ladies of Persia and Media say this day unto all the king's princes, which have heard of the deed of the queen, thus shall there arise too much contempt and wrath. So we're stepping in the next step in this story was 
the the men in authority were scared mm-hmm. that yeah. there was going to be a rebellion of all the women. Uh, of they were scared. It's I mean here I I sense a fear. Yeah, the men were scared that this one queen, which is has a huge role for all the women. Sure. Um, now all these they're scared. They're figuring out what's the right punishment. We got to set this punishment. We're gonna keep reading verse twenty nine or verse twenty. I mean. Is that where I stopped? Uh, uh, 19. No, uh, go go back up. Uh, I think we were close around. Um, 18? 18, yeah. Likewise shall the ladies of Persia and Media say this day unto all the king's princes, which have heard of the deed of the queen. Thus shall there arise too much contempt and wrath. If it please the king, let there go royal commandment from him. And let it be written among the laws of Persia in the Medes that it be not altered. That Vashti come no more before the king of Sirius. And let the king, let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. So we understand what is happening here. Vashti, Vashti is what I'm calling her. Um, she has lost her position. So they're making sure the punishment is right. When this happened, the rebellion of the queen, uh, uh, when that all happened, they're uh, making sure the punishment was correct. So they're taking all her royal rights right, and taking them away from her. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, I kind of think about it as uh, she embarrassed the king in front of everyone. On this grand finale, right? And he didn't like that, mm. uh, and so it says he was enraged. We, we've discussed that, and, and, and so now here's a punishment, right? Remove her rights, remove uh, any authority that she has, and replace her. Almost to like send a message. Yeah. No, almost to like send a message of here's how it is. I'm the king. Here's how it's gonna be. Wow. Yep, so everybody's following along. We're still moving forward in the story. Um, verse 20, And when the king's decree, and he shall make and shall be published throughout all his empire, all the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both to great and small. And the saying, and the saying pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Mimicon. For he sent letters unto all the king's providences, and every... Uh, Provence, according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language, that every man should bear rule in his own house, and that it should be published according to the language of every people. And we're going to move to chapter two and keep following along. This is—I mean—we're going to get to the overall picture, but we're reading the story uh, that Jesus has here in the Bible, uh, chapter two. After these things, when the wrath of the king of Sirius was appeased, so he remembered Vasti. So everything, he's settled, he took away her royalty, he took away her, her clothing. You know, she is no longer has a, has a name. Pretty much she lost her name. Right. She is trash. Yeah. She's shunned away. Um, everybody has that picture. We're, we're going to continue to read. And he was appeased. He remembered Vasti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Verse 2, Then said the king's servant that ministered unto him, let there be fair young virgins sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers all the provinces of the kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto session in the palace, to the house of the women, unto the custody of the heads of the king's chamberlain, keeper of the woman, and let their things for purification be given them. 
and let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti. And, the, and this thing pleased the king, and he did so. So if you're still not, if you're following in the story, now he's moved on to designating another queen. And this is where we're starting to see through how the Lord is going to put people into place. This is a beautiful thing. How the Lord is going to about to use somebody um, for her beauty, for uh, and she doesn't know why. Um, she's, and we're going to read about her. We're going to and we're we're reading into this awful wicked thing that's happened in, from this king. This woman's rebelled. The queen has been put away. And I'm pretty sure in this time, the Lord's trying to gain back um, his uh, Jews and get in position. Like read and you know we fought. We have a fall away, and mm-hmm. we're trying to get back. And Jesus is trying to regain and. Um, get to regain, recapture some of the juice here. And we're going to keep reading in verse 4. Where was I on 3? I think 4. Yeah, 4. And let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti. So he's in search of a queen now. Now in Shushan, in the palace, where was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. So the son of Jar, the son of Shemi, the son of Kish, and the Benjaminite who had been carried away from Jerusalem with captivity, which had been carried away in Jeconah, the king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, the son, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. So this, this woman that's about to be into place, you know, this is so beautiful how the Lord, you know, can still use you. I have no idea who's listening to this. Maybe one day in this podcast, someone does not have a mother or father and is taken in by an uncle and is taken in by an aunt or a family member or a grandmother or a grandfather. And there is someone out there like that. This is a story how Esther had no one. A mother and father was taken away from her. She didn't have that. But watch how God, we're about to begin to see how God's presence is felt in a life that imagine putting yourself with no father, no mother, and pushed away and having an opportunity still to be used to God. Yeah. This is a beautiful, beautiful story here. Uh, Before we, let's talk about that just real quick. God can use anyone, right? Absolutely. And we... Why do we think um, he doesn't? Why do we think that he doesn't use said person because they're struggling with this or they're struggling with that? Hmm. You know, I, I think that's a common struggle that we as humans have of seeing people and being like, man, they're too far off. Right. They have this going on. They have that going on. How in the world is God going to use that? How's he going to use that situation? How's he going to use this young girl who doesn't have parents? Or you could say, how did you, like that woman or somebody seeing this from a distance, seeing a woman that doesn't have a father or a mother, how can God allow that? Yeah. I mean, don't we all say that sometimes? Like, how could God allow, you know, if you really sincerely care, you know, Johnny, if you lost your mother and dad, dad from a distance, I would say, how? How can we see good in that? Right. How, you know, and we're about to see how God's provision, 
how God's ultimately in control of, you know, for, for us to say, no, we've never, I've heard people say, how can God allow that? We've asked that question. I've asked that question in my own circumstances in my life. And if you search after that, you begin to see, we're about to see a beautiful story of Esther, how through all the confrontation we're having in this kingdom, and God's about to step in through one woman that had didn't have a mother, didn't have a father, and use her. Right. I think oftentimes those trials and tribulations are, <clears throat> you know, I've heard that that's a precursor to God's glory and how He's going to use you. You know, he's, he's preparing you, He's getting you ready to use you. Yeah. I and think, He does use people that are broke. Yeah. I mean... That's a, that's a testament to how great He is, I think, mm-hmm. in itself. You know, He's taking these people that you see that you're like, man, how could God ever use them? And then five years later, ten years down the road, you see them and they're being used for God's glory. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. think that's one of the biggest testaments to His works. Sure. So, you got, is that good? We'll keep reading in yeah, the story? Yeah, I just thought that was important to, to hit on, you know. Absolutely. There's... So many Bible characters, you know. Esther, Esther is someone we don't talk about often, you know. But Abraham, he was old. God used him. David, small, uh, killed a man. Um, God used him, right? Gideon, weakest. Samson. 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 God used him. Uh, Paul. Paul. Saul to Paul. Saul. Saul to Paul. Paul. Yeah, he killed Christians. God used him, right? Yeah. And so Esther, Esther is such a unique story because, one, we don't talk about it enough. It's a very fascinating um, um, story. And so I think that, yeah, I think that's just important that we hammer that point home, that God wants to use us. He wants to use your flaws where, where we fall short, and, and he wants to glorify himself through those situations. Yeah. Because we're, we're weak. He's strong, right? So what were we talking about last week? Greater is he that's in the world. And we're about to see that. Um, Verse 7. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. And the maid was fair and beautiful. So she was beautiful. Esther was beautiful and fair. Um, Who Mordecai... When her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. You know, man, we're about to see a broken story and God use it, like we just said. And that's a humbling, you know, for me to read this. And when I read about that, you know, God doesn't ever forget about the broken and the lowly and the ones that feel like I can't keep going. Mm-hmm. No, to never, to you know, they they were dead. You know, there's people out there going to listen to this that have a father and a mother that they don't understand why. Um, they don't know why, but God can still and will use you. Um, verse 8, continuing the story. So it came to pass... When the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan, the palace to the custody of Hegai, 
that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Hegia, I guess that's what it is, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased, and the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and and speedily gave her her things for purification, with such things are belong as belong to her, and seven maidens which were meet to be given her out of the king's house, and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the woman, and so neat to see someone a Jew that that knew God that followed God and knew what was right and even through her trial or trouble or heartache and now God brought her out of that and put her in a palace and set her in seven maids were helping her serving her so he took her out of a situation and placed her in a position to where God raised, God raised her up and said, You might not have had a mother and a father to raise you, but here you go. You know, that's how good your God is. That's how God wants to do in your life today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, that's, that's the same God that's helping Esther can help you. Man, I'm getting fired up here reading verse 9. Come on. And the maiden pleased him. And she obtained kindness. I just read it, but I'm going to read it again. Kindness of him. And he speedily gave her her things for purification with such things as belonged to her and seven maidens, which were to me and to be given her, out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the woman. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred. For Mordecai had charged her which was a man of God. Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. So listen, this is huge. A lot of times we want to proclaim she was a Jew. We're a Christian. Listen to this. This is I didn't understand. This is hard. A lot of times we want to go and tell and tell and tell. But watch how God used Esther. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred. She didn't tell anybody she was a Jew. She didn't tell anybody she knew Jesus. And she was charged by a man of God. Oh, that, that's a, this is a little different going on. But she listened. And we're going to continue to read. But she listened to Mordecai, which was charged, which was from the Lord. How many times we don't listen to to someone that we know walks with God, our pastor, mm-hmm. how many times we don't listen when he tells us something. And watch, we're going to see what happens when we do listen to a man of God. When a man of God says, I, I told you not to tell people you're a Jew yet. Just don't do it. Whatever. And that's that's going to be a little hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about proclaim, 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 and you should. But when a man of God is coming from to you in this story, you know, it trumps proclaim. When if someone, a man of God, your pastor tells you to do something, you probably should listen. You know, he walks with God. You know, I, I mean, the story here is plainly clear. God's the same yesterday, to, today, and forever. This concept is the same. Um, if God shows you something, you need to listen. 
Mm-hmm. You need to pay attention. Verse 10. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred. She didn't tell her type. She didn't tell she was a Jew. She knew of Jesus. For Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. Verse 11. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the woman's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Now when every maid's turn was come to go into the king Asorius, after that she had been twelve months according to the manner of the woman. For so were the days of the purification accomplished to wit six months with oil of myrrh and six months with sweet odors and with other things um, the purifying of the woman. Verse 13, Then thus came every maiden of the king, whatsoever she desired was given her, to go with her out of the house of the woman into the king's house. So she was charged, <laughs> how about this, she was charged she for a year. Couldn't tell nobody what she really was deep down inside. Mm-hmm. What she really believed deep down inside. What she, well, who she really was. For a year, she did that. Mordecai walking, seeing her every day. You know, Mordecai wouldn't have been there. You think she might have would have spilled, spilled, spilled the beans. God's presence. And we talked about the provision of God. God's presence in someone's life is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing a little bit of... And it said, every day Mordecai went by the house of the women. To possibly show his face like, hey, remember what I said? Remember what I said? You know, and that's how important it is to listen to the man of God, to listen to one, someone who really searches and follows after God. Or you keep reading. Man, it's getting good. I'm excited. <laughs> Verse 13. Then thus came every maiden, I just read this unto the king, whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the woman unto the king's house. So, man, she had everything. She went from rags to riches. From no mom to no dad to God got her in a place to where, how's that happen? (laughs) How's that work? No, no, that's not how it's supposed to be, David. You're supposed to be somebody. You're supposed to be, you're you're supposed to, you're supposed to be somebody in this town and that's how you get to the top. Uh Uh-uh. When you're with Jesus, Jesus will get you where you need to get. It don't matter who you know. If Esther's purpose and provision was to get here through, you know, her life story, what's your story? God's provision is there. Are you seeing it? Are you understanding it? Are you following it? Verse 14, in the evening she went on. The morrow she returned in the second house of the woman to the custody of the the Shashagaz, the the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. So the king knew her by name. After all the concubines were in there, she was so pretty, um, well, kind, all these attributes. The king knew her by name, plus all the other concubines. So that was something special. So God's got her in a place where now the king knows her name. Mm-hmm. She's right where God wants her. <clears throat> Verse 15. Now in the turn of Esther and the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of the Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. 
And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto the king Asurius into the house royal in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head. Man, and made her the queen instead of Asti. She's the queen now. She's where God got her to where she needed to be. Verse 18, Then the king made a great feast unto all the princes and his servants, even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the the provinces and gave her gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai said in the king's gate, Esther had not yet showed her kindred nor her people. There again, very important. Mm -hmm. Still hasn't told anybody who she really is. Her kindred, her family history. The, uh, that's like you saying I'm not a Christian. That's hard. This is a tough one. You know, to really buy into getting where God wants you without saying you're a Christian. <laughs> but being told from a man of God, Mordecai, I charge you. Seeing her every day. Finally gets to be a queen. Why wouldn't she just be like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm a queen now. Mm -hmm. But still, listening to Mordecai, the man of God, a Jew that uh, knows the Lord. Man. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigoth and Teresh, and those who kept the door were wroth and sought to lay hand on the king of Soros. And and the thing was known to Mordecai who told it unto Esther the queen. And Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when the inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of... Did I skip something? I think I did. I think I went to three. No, I think you're you're still in chapter two, David. Uh -uh. I know I am, but I think I accidentally... Was I, is it, was yeah, I in the it, right it, spot? The last verse, 23, uh, and it was recorded in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. Okay. That's where it is, yeah. I don't know if I want to go into three, because we're about to get into Esther's purpose. Um, what, what we got time-wise? Oh, we got time. You sure? Yeah. Okay. We'll keep reading in verse three. So everything is lining. Uh, in your life, I would just say this. You know, if you're walking in tune with the Lord listening to the man of God, uh, following after Jesus. You know, this is a little different story. It's in the Bible. It's truth. It's what the Lord has for. It's what I've been reading. There's food here to grow from, to listen to, to understand, to grow out of Esther's story. We're going to start continue to read in 3. Chapter 3. After these things did King Asorius promote Haman, the son of Hamadeth. And I think that's where I, in Mordecai, verse 21 and 23. Let's go back here real quick because that's an important spot. Sorry about that. But in those days, in verse 21, Esther 2.21, in those days, while Mordecai said at the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigoth and Teresh, of those who kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hands on the king Asorius. So there was two men that uh, were after the king. They didn't like what he was doing. 
Uh, I think Mordecai might have reported it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mordecai. He, he reported it to. To the king of Sorius. To, to the and queen he Esther. was mad. Yeah, and queen, queen Esther. Esther yeah. sent it to. So we're beginning to get this line of communication to the king from Mordecai. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Isn't that neat? How about that? Mordecai now is. is Mordecai being now a, is influencing the Oval Office. Yeah, how about in that? 2022 language. How's that work? The Lord, the Lord's the only thing, only way that happens. Uh, I think it's neat. I'm, I enjoy history. I enjoy geography. But as I look back, it, we we realize that now Esther is a queen. Okay, we can just kind of push that off and 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 keep moving. But in verse one of chapter one, the king is a king from India to Ethiopia. <laughs> Take a look on a map at how far that is. He's a big dude. Yeah, that is an important guy. Um, and so we can just assume the queen has taken, you know, she stepped up to the plate there. She's she's just like, you know, uh, any other queen, any other king and queen, right? Just as much in charge of, of, of this land and these provinces, these... 127 provinces as it says in chapter 1 verse 1 mm. right so she is a, he- a, a a very powerful very influential woman <laughs> the king is a very powerful very influential king and here we have a man of God now that's getting into the Oval the Office. King. Yes. And you telling me the Lord's not in control? You telling me the Lord don't have it all planned out? You telling me God can't handle your situation? Huh. He's using Esther here. We know where Esther came from. It didn't have nothing. Didn't have nobody. Wasn't raised by she was raised by her uncle. Got her to the queen. Now Mordecai and she's being used by God. In this story, okay, now Mordecai, in, in verse 22, he tells how these two men are the keepers of the gate want to kill Asorius, the king, and Mordecai relates that to Esther. Esther tells the king, correct? Yep. And the king kills the two men. Bam. This dude has some power. Hung him on a tree. Done. What if they did that today? And probably we'd probably be a lot more effective. Anyway, <laughs> hung him on a tree, dead, done, gone. Uh oh, now they need a next man up. And when we think God isn't in control, how about this? Well, God was just in control, and watch this. Haman comes in, which is a wicked man. Isn't that how life works sometimes? Oh, God's in control. God's in control. God's in control. Bam, evilness all around us. God's in control, we just said. He's getting Esther to where he needs her. You know, trust God. Trust the provision. Trust God's plan for your life. Access the plan. Get to the plan. Let God use you. Because watch what happens when you're just a willing servant as Esther was. Listen to the man of God. Haman comes in to replace the two men. Haman, the son of Hamadeth, the Agagite, and advanced him 
and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. Man, he got straight to the top. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not. Nor did he, re- he reverence him. So Mordecai didn't even submit to this dude Haman. He was like, oh, heck no, that's the devil. <laughs> no, that's, that's the devil. I ain't submitting. So they, they didn't get along. Mordecai, Haman, Haman was of the devil. We're about to learn about Haman here. Verse 3, the king's servants, which were at the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass, so he's upset. He didn't bow down to Haman. So he's asking Mordecai, Why? Why are you not listening? In verse 4, Now it came to pass, when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand. For he had told them that he was a Jew. So Mordecai told them. They knew he was a Jew. He had told them he was a Jew. He wasn't going to bow down. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not or did not reverence, then was Haman's full of wrath. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews. Not only that, now Mordecai stood up for what he believed in. Now he's going to get persecuted for it. Now every Jew's life is threatened. How about that? We talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. Stood up for God. And all of a sudden, I'm going to kill every one of you. I'm taking you all out. You know, and that's the tribulation and trials that God talks about when we chase after God, when we do what's right. We're going to continue reading. What verse was I at? Sorry, I got a small Bible. Go Go to seven. Seven. In the first month, that is in the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of the king Assyrius, they cast per, that is in the lot before Haman, from day to day and from month to month to the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar. And Haman said unto king Assyrius, There is a certain man scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of the kingdom. And their laws are diverse from all the people. Neither keep they the king's law. Therefore it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have charged the business to bring it to the king's treasury. So now, he didn't tell them that it was Jews he was killing. You see how he, yeah. he, he brought that up? He was like, Haman, he brought Haman to the top because he liked him. He was his buddy. Yeah. Now, now he's like, oh yeah, whatever you need, Haman. Haman's like, oh, I got this one. I'll say everything but who they really are. And we're going to go after these guys. And he's like, yeah, if they're not submitting to me, get them. Attack them. Go after them. Seek them. We ended in verse 9, right? Read verse 9. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have charged the business to bring it into the king's treasury. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha, Hamadatha the Agai, the Jew's enemy. And the king said unto Haman, the silver, the silver is given to thee, the people also do with them as it seemeth good to thee. 
Verse 12. Then where the king's scribes called on the thirteenth day of the first month, and there was written according to all the Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants and unto the governors that were of every providence and to the rulers of every people of every providence of our province according to the writing thereof. And to every people after the language in the name of King Asarius was it written and sealed with the king's ring. So it was written and sealed by giving him a ring. Get him. Get him, Haman. You take care of him. He didn't. To re- Haman never really told Asarius he was going to kill the Jews. Mm-hmm. He said there were some people out there that didn't bow down, that didn't submit, yeah. and didn't want your authority and your law. Right. And to to the to Asarius that sounded great. <laughs> Go for it, man. Give the approval. He sealed it not only with written words but with a ring. Now take that into your life, man. Sealed it. He sealed the evil. We just saw how God brought the queen in. We just saw how Mordecai had access to the king. Talk about defeat in Mordecai's life. Mm -hmm. Lord, we... What's Esther doing in there? He's frustrated. How many times in life you get frustrated and say, God, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, now Haman is king's buddy and he's coming. He's going to kill the Jews. Now, isn't you think Mordecai is a little confused? Oh yeah. Oh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. That's Proverbs three, five, and six. But in your own personal life, this story is exactly how life works. You, you feel the presence of God, the provision of God. You get where you need to get. You go, and you're exactly where God wants you. And you watch the enemy step up next to you and rise up. And he has more authority than you. Mordecai is, is frustrated now. He is, he is he's like, he's praying on his knees. I can see it now. He's like, Lord, what are you doing? Can you see Mordecai in his story just... What's going on? I'm about to die. I stood up for you. They're coming to kill every Jew. Man, you think this has come alive? The book of Esther? A story that no one reads? But it's just how God works in your very life? In the whole plan of your life? Man, this... This is getting good. Oh. <laughs> Where were we? I flipped the page. Verse 11. I'm glad you're keeping up with this. I just <laughs> get too worked up. And the king said unto Haman, The silver is given to thee. Well, we'll read this again so you understand it. And the king said unto Haman, The silver is given to thee, the people also to do with them as it seemeth good to thee. Then were the king's scribes called on the thirteenth day of the first month, and, and there was written according to all the Haman and commanded unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors and were of every province and to the rulers of every people of the province according to the writing thereof and to every people after the language in the name of King Asorius was it written and sealed with the king's ring. It's done. It's set. Man, that's hard to keep going for God. 
That's hard to see the provision of God. That's hard to trust God. I don't know about you. I'm caught in a hard place there. But good thing we keep reading. Verse verse 13. And the letters, the story don't stop there. The letters were sent by, by post into all the king's providences to destroy, to kill. To kill. And to cause, to perish all Jews, both young and old. Little children and women. In one day, even one thirteenth day in the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Fourteen, the copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every providence was published unto the people. They should be ready against that day, and the post went out. Being hastened by the king's commandment, and the decree was given in Shushan, in the place, and the king of Haman sat down to drink, But the city of Shushan was perplexed. They're defeated. They're done. They sign the decree. They give them the ring. It's over, Jews. Mm -hmm. It's you're done. It's a death sentence. But let me tell you about my Jesus. It ain't ever over when you walk with the Lord. When you're with the Lord, when you're in the presence of the Lord. I lost it. Somebody's going to have to take it from here so I can get back to Esther. But let me tell you, the presence of the Lord is never knocked out. Are you listening? We're seeing how life works. Tell me you've never been in a situation where you feel like there ain't no hope. There's no hope. I can't. Lord, I don't see you anymore. They had that feeling in Esther. Mordecai is confused. He's weeping. He's he's searching after God. He's saying, Lord, you told me to do this. Now, every one of my brothers, my wife, my sister, they're done. It's set. In man's eyes. Oh, in man's eyes. Did you hear that? In man's eyes, but in God's eyes, you're never out. Never. You forgot that God put Esther in a spot where she needed to be. You forgot. Mordecai charged her. And she listened. Mordecai, a man of God, charged her and she listened. What happens if she doesn't listen? Mm. Oh, we skipped through that story real quick up front. But that's a big part of the story. What? Story don't go on from there. Maybe. And that's... You know, we're, we're, to, we're to seek after this story of Esther and learn and grow as a Christian. And to have these examples of our life. And they're done. In the story of Esther, she got to be queen. Great. What a blessing, Lord. 
but we're all dead. But that's not how it ends. Because that's not how my God works. Did you hear me? That's not how it ends. That's not how my God works. You thinking? In there? You want to know the rest of the story? You're going to have to come back next week <laughs> to see the providence, mm -hmm. the provision of what God wants to do with your life. Mm. Just as He's going to do with Esther. Let's pray and we'll be back next week. Dear Lord, um, God, uh, just to see your word come alive. How many times have we not read Esther because we didn't care what was happening in Esther? Or how many times have we not even stopped to read Esther? When really is a beautiful picture of how your presence is in our life all the time, consistently. Lord, I thank you for sharing and giving me this in, in, in a little study. Lord, and we have no idea. We're not even having any points, pointers, or anything. We're just watching the presence of the Lord come alive. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for my friend Tanner. I thank you for my friend Johnny. Uh, to take the time out of their day to come to read your word, to study your word, to grow closer to you to grow and to see how you really work and how you really are to see the stories that you've left behind for us um, this word of God that is truth and that we can follow and chase after Lord I challenge Lord the listener not to read the next chapters of Esther but to go back and dwell on how God's taken a little girl from from Esther to the queen and you know to watch how that happened and and to bring evil in right next to it Lord I pray that this picture then this this of Esther as we go and continue the study maybe next week Lord I think I just pray that we can all come in here with a clean heart and watch your presence come alive again next Thursday, Lord, and help us to have a good evening. I thank you again for everything you've done for me. God, I give it all back to you tonight. In your name, amen.